0: every time.
1: A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready
0: because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, Halloween kills it at the box office. Turtle Rock Studios is back for blood and we reminisce on the life Of FAO Schwartz. All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source. Inside Sports Fantasy Football and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, all the tremendous radio stations worldwide that carry our programs, and of course, everyone out there that can go ahead and do anything that they can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, including the fact that we're the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend, he is our own FAO Schwartz for Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to go and check out what he's doing today at PopCultureCosmos.com. Also, his tremendous shows as part of the and Media umbrella, including Agocalypse and the Super BS Gamescast. Of course, he's a prolific writer with many stories, including Congratulations, You Suck, which you can buy today at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man?
1: So, I want to start things off here by asking you a math problem.
0: Okay, absolutely. Okay. We're on the downhill slide already.
1: It's a pretty simple one here. What is six minus two?
0: Last time I checked, it is, equates to my IQ. I think it's a four.
1: Do <laughs> you know what else four equates to?
0: Uh oh. Yes, I would probably say anything that has extended as far as the movie realm beyond a trilogy
1: true but also the uh point deficit between the kings and the knights on a thursday night yeah
0: i know the
1: six to two game oh yeah um, you've been waiting good... for that one the boys in gold didn't show up to play but no no nope, nope. so needed. much for the
0: highly successful and favored golden knights for one day but we'll see i'm kind of still shaky on the fence on what they're going to do even though they're prognosticated for a successful season not sure how well it will go for them. I kind of have concerns myself, but we'll wait and see. I know the Kings have been that team that they won the championships during the last decade, then they went to a youth movement and went really bad, so they were bringing their way back up, and I think they're on the up this year, my friend.
1: I hope so. I mean, I, I heard it seems to me like they're trying to phase quick out. They started their their newer goalie. The Kings have this tendency to like trade players, like they're veteran players that have like been really good for them in exchange for, like you said, the, the younger talent. And, you know, it hasn't worked out so well for them. But, you know, seeing they still have Dowdy and Kopitar and Dustin Brown to kind of lead them and they're they were part of the championship team. So I'm hoping things are looking up this season. But it was weird because this is the first time this season that I've like actually took the time to sit down and watch hockey in like three years and you man i barely i don't even recognize most of the people on that team
0: well then what happened the next night against the minnesota wild
1: uh they lost did they not win hold on
0: they lost three to two my friend hold on sucks to be
1: oh you're right they did yeah i didn't get to it was my dad's birthday last night so i was actually just watching the replay on a espn plus but but at least we can both agree that either way we want the Ducks to lose. There's that. But, there's, uh, yeah, can, that. hockey's looking good so far this season. It's nice having ESPN+, because I actually get to watch, like, all these games. You know, it's weird, because I moved to Texas, and I totally expected myself to become a Dallas Stars fan, even though, you know, I'm still going to be a Kings fan at heart. But I can't even watch Dallas Stars games, because on ESPN+, Plus in my area, they're all blacked out, because they want me to, like, subscribe to local cable to watch them. So... Haven't watched a single stars game, but I've seen a Jets game, watched the Kraken game, the Golden Knights, Kings, and the Flyers had a pretty nice comeback. And our friend Charles Smith is a huge fan of the Flyers, but then yes. they kind of blew that lead to Vancouver. So, well,
0: anyways. I had this discussion the other day and I went on a soapbox in regards to blackouts for sports. And I think that's just something that has to be gotten away with. It. You know, just get rid of it all entirely because yeah. it's just something that it was born out of the broadcast television back in the days where they were really concerned with selling out arenas and stadiums locally. And I think that now in the days of modern era of television and streaming and league passes and all that type of stuff, I think it's a day that's gone by as far as the necessity of having blackouts in place.
1: Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree. I think it's a bad practice. And, you know, you have people who not not just moving but people who go you know on vacation and they can't watch the games that they want to see from their favorite teams and if anything i think that kind of makes the broadcast companies look like villains you know
0: yeah i couldn't agree with you more but we do have a great show in store for everyone out there can't wait to tell you about all the great stuff on pop culture dc fandom was this weekend as we prep for you on Friday show we're going to be able to go ahead and give you a recap of some of the major news and events that happened, including a taste of the Batman. We're going to go ahead and talk about the Batman, plus so much more of DC Fandom coming up later in the program. Plus also as well, we're going to be talking about Hollywood breathing a sigh of relief as they came to a deal with the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, a.k.a. the IATSE. Why is that so important? We'll talk about that coming up here on the show as well. Plus, we're going to be talking about Back for Blood. That's now available. Have I warmed up to it? We'll talk about that coming up. We'll also have a report on the future of Spider-Man after comments made by Tom Holland about what happens after No Way Home. We'll also talk about what people will be talking about starting this evening as we record this, and that is Secession Season 3, You know all the dirty words are flying on that show, so we'll talk about why people are so obsessed with Secession coming up here on the show as well. But first, my friend, it is the box office, and I want to give a big kudos to those horror fans out there because for the first time, really in a long time, outside of you you can really say The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, even though I don't think that got quite the opening, I think that it, it really thought it was going to get... It's the first time since the pandemic really started that you got a big opening for a horror movie. So I want to hear your thoughts on this, my friend. This is something that goes back to when we were talking about over the years, how if you you just had a good concept, doesn't mean you had to have a great movie, but you could make a horror movie for below $20 million. You could put it out there with the minimal marketing account and you could still make a nice tidy profit off of it The pandemic happened and everybody stayed away in droves once the theaters were back open, especially horror fans. And it only seemed like the event movies and the superhero movies were getting all the action and the love. So I want to hear your thoughts on how it's a good sign that Halloween Kills actually did kill it at the box office.
1: I don't really have any interest in revisiting the Jamie Lee Curtis Halloween films, but obviously there are people out there who do. And even people who aren't fans of the series go to see this because it is a horror movie. And this is what I've told you before. Horror movies have the unique advantage of being able to not even, like you said, not even have a great story, but just have a, a unique concept that promises scares. And because of that, I don't think horror movies are have suffered the way that other films have suffered under the pandemic. You know, Maybe box office number-wise, but... The fact that you know look at the conjuring that i'm sure a a a load of people probably watch that on hbo max right
0: there yeah and and the only thing is i wanted to say is that this movie made 50 million dollars domestically this weekend while it's still being shown day and date on peacock which not a lot of people seem to know because it seems to be getting really supported at the box office
1: Yeah. You know what I I did notice this weekend is that, so we went down uh, a few towns over for my dad's birthday and driving back, we drove by like three movie theaters just off the side of the freeway and all of them, every single one of those theaters was packed. The parking lots were just packed. And you know, that, that's, that's something that we talked about this, you know, in, in prior weeks, that we didn't think that this would happen for a long time, but people are coming out of their houses to go to the movies again and you look at what's in theaters right now that's still big right you have Venom uh, Adam's Family 2 you got James Bond and now Halloween so I think people are wanting to go back to the movies and especially if you go to like AMC or Cinemark and they have these movie watching programs right where they're trying to get people to come back so like hey if you pay this amount of money you can watch one free movie per day and that's something I think that has worked their advantage because like I know a lot of people that you know I work with and friends I have that do own these tickets and they're going, it's kind of like the, the AMC movie pass or whatever it was that happened before the pandemic, but people are paying for these and they're going to see many movies per month. And you know, whether or not Halloween falls under that criteria, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, it it just goes to show you that horror movies are things that people always want to see. I think the real test here. Well,
0: I want to say that conjuring is the only other one really to do any kind of business. Remember old, you remember there's been several that have come out yeah. this year that have done mediocre to really kind of poor.
1: Yeah, I think old is an exception because it's psychological. I think the psychological ones aren't as interesting to people as Don't like Don't Breathe 2
0: didn't do well. And the, that was I a big hit the first time around.
1: The ghost stories and the uh the slasher flicks, you know, I think those are the ones that will always be drawing people in point being here I think the real test of this new box this box office reopening as it is I think is going to be the romantic comedy I'm going to tell you the real
0: test as well will also be the the Oscar worthies or the ones that get the Oscar bugs, because the critically acclaimed Oscar buzz worthy movies like for instance by one of our favorite directors and one of your favorite directors Ridley Scott like The Last Duel that we kidded about on the previous episode but you and i've kid- kidded about it in the past in regards to the accents and all that ridley scott adam driver ben affleck matt damon unfortunately it bombed at the box office this weekend with less than five million dollars so uh, i mean cool. it got decent reviews uh, you know it's something that a lot of people were looking at uh, but yeah i think these these critically acclaimed movies that you know, try to make a buck, and here and there, are they're just not, re- they're the ones, the audience for those type of movies, I think are the last to come back in this pandemic.
1: Okay, let's talk about this for a minute, because I like where you're going with this. Historically, the movies that are nominated for the awards are the movies that nobody has ever heard of before. You know, like, Shape of Water was the only movie for the past, like, 10 years that I actually saw a trailer for somewhere. You know, the rest of it was like, I don't even know, I don't even know what any of this stuff is, you know, besides like the the things I got nominated for scores and things like that. But it, it's just, it's a lot of that stuff. People don't even know it exists until people start talking about it. So even if it does come out and nobody goes to watch it, those are a lot, a lot of those movies, they don't do well in the box office, but they do good numbers on like VOD because now all of a sudden people are curious about what these movies are that everybody loves so much. So I don't know if that's like a fair test of the, uh, box office return but i'm curious if those movies now are even going to hit the big screen because these movie theaters if if you look they're not at least not the ones near me they're not playing these smaller movies like they have they have like 12, 12 screens to show things and they have the big films on multiple screens so I don't, I don't know man it's that 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 will be interesting but you know like i said i think the romantic comedy is going to be the true test of the uh box office returns
0: well it certainly hasn't been the musicals because all the musicals to this point that have hit the box office have come with a big and amazing thud along with it i mean i think the real test for any musical will be steven spielberg's west side story i mean if steven spielberg can't get a nice opening right now in this day and age on a musical then i think all the musicals just just say you know what we're just going to go straight like you said to vod and, and go to streaming services and whatnot
1: do you know what steven spielberg needs to do is he needs to rewrite close encounters of the third kind great movie by the way and rewrite it as a musical
0: do, 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 be, do, do. all right
1: it'd be magical it would be pure magic
0: it'd be pure magic indeed but i also want to go ahead and mention that no time to die is doing very well it was second domestically here with about 24 million that it took in but the bigger key on that one is that it's doing extremely well Worldwide, and it hasn't even hit China yet. Until next week, it's actually closing in on 450 million dollars worldwide. So there is still love for the Bond franchise. So good going right there for you. Venom is taking in another what 16 million this weekend, and is closing in on 300 million worldwide. So also a, a good chunk of change for Sony right there for you. So there are some signs that the box office is healing. But there's still other signs that the box office in certain groups of people that like certain types of movies are still not going to the box office. So that has to be a concern where there's only so many movies that are feasting off of right now the audiences and that it's not distributed as well as it once was. So we'll keep track of it for you as far as how these movies do out in the box office. But what are your thoughts on what's going on with No Time to Die? Venom Let There Be Carnage, The Last Duel, and of course, the big winner here domestically, Halloween Kills, with that scene, my friend, when Michael Mars comes out with the sickle, those firemen, I mean, they were just waiting to get killed, that just blows my mind, man, just blows my mind.
1: Well, I mean... Need I digress. just sprayed him with the hose, like, from what I understand, even like a... 300 pound man can uh, i'm
0: sorry man I'm, i see a guy coming out there but... of a burning building with a hockey mask on i'm running i'm running that's all i'm gonna say but and even halloween kills so what are your thoughts up there on this weekend at the box office please share us your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com
1: hey this is chad from ghost toasters and you're listening to pop culture cosmos
0: podcast be
1: on america Hey guys, this is Jason Dutch with Digging America Podcast and I'm here with Big Hops and I'm also here with
0: Hollywood is breathing a sigh of relief and are very thankful tonight that the strike that was impending, I think Monday was the deadline for the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. They wanted better wages. They wanted better, basically quality of life things that that should have already been in place because they've been complaining about for years as a collective about how they've been treated out in the workplace as a group. So that union went ahead, was about ready to go on strike, and that would have meant a lot of people behind the scenes that helped make your television shows and your movies out there, that would have been a problem because we shut Hollywood down, essentially, and the movie industry and television industry down to an extent. So a crisis was averted. A lot more things that were given to the union will help all those great employees out that, that work so hard and do so many great things for our entertainment. So I'm glad to see the crisis was averted, my friend, because it would be the dominant story on this week, no matter what DC fandom or what everything else that went on this week. It would have been the IATSE strike that we would have been talking about and the impact it would have on our entertainment.
1: Yeah, do you remember the last time that happened? I don't remember the exact year, but it was... Uh, the
0: writer's strike.
1: The writer's strike happened, yeah, and we had it took it like almost an entire half a year to get that settled because i remember a lot of the show seasons had been cut in half like shows that ran for usually 18 to 21 episodes was cut down to like 8 to 12
0: yeah there was one around 2007 2008 that was really nasty that was that one that lasted four months and that was uh that one was really nasty i know that
1: yeah so i mean i'm glad that they uh came to an agreement I'm curious how many shows are like still being being like written on the spot and then filmed week to week as opposed to things that are just like backed up and were supposed to be released a long time ago because of COVID. But yeah, I mean I'm glad this thing got worked out because people need TV, you know, especially if you look at the world right now, people need to be entertained, people need their escape and I'm glad that they're going to continue getting
0: it. We need our Squid Game, please.
1: Can I say one final thought on movies here?
0: Okay. Not on Squid Game. I,
1: today, just watched Fast 9, and it is just awful. Everything about it is awful. It is not good. Like, it, it's you that part where they get launched into space. Like, mm-hmm. it looks like it was something that was made in, like, a 10th grade film class. <laughs> and I just, I don't know how much, like, story they can continue to pull out of that like oh hey John Cena you know in one they I'm sorry they messed up the mythology from the first one by saying remember they said the dad died in the charger and then but in this movie he dies in a race car. Anyways, if you go to the end of the movie you take a look at Vin Diesel's shoes as he's standing on that racetrack with his son. The lift on his shoes like the sole of his shoes it's like five inches. Like he's wearing platform shoes. Have you ever noticed like I don't no, know if you I noticed if you ever watch it again like freeze it on that last scene he's holding hands with the sun looking out on the racetrack he's got this massive lift on his shoes like it looks like they're designed to make him look taller
0: well now that uh, you have told me I can't unsee it now and I will be looking for it the next time I check it out but yes it is Fast 9 it's done well it's one of the big hits of the pandemic era so there's going to be putting what Fast 10 and Fast 11 back to back years because it's facing it out because it's going to be the end of that series, supposedly. I'm still not convinced of that. I just think the Fast and Furious series will go on in some form or fashion. But yes, Fast 9, you have thoughts on that, you agree with Josh? I can't say that I don't disagree with Josh. I think it was kind of eh for me. But again, if you have thoughts on Fast 9 or anything else going on in the movies, we want to hear your thoughts. Pop Cosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, there's still much more to talk about, my friend, on this front side of the Pop Culture Cosmos. Want to go ahead before we hit the half hour break and talk about three things real quick. Back for Blood came out this past week, got pretty good ratings. It is the spiritual successor for Left 4 Dead 2 by the same folks who made Left 4 Dead 2 when they were working with Valve, and that is Turtle Rock Studios. I know I told you I had issues with it in regards to the card system that you can do as far as customize your character, options, weapons, health boosts, team boosts, things of that nature, because I thought it just took away from the game. I think a lot of people are saying that they're liking it, and that's one of the most popular things about this game. I thought the, the game itself during the test run didn't have enough action to be so frantic and right in your face. It looks like they've alleviated some of that and it is more frantic and is more chaos which i was hoping i could find in the left for dead 2 which i just enjoy so much about it i would find it back for blood it's a little bit more of that but my friend it is back for blood i know you're not a huge left for dead fan but it seems like it could be one of the better co-op games around
1: yeah so i saw that at walmart yesterday and i was contemplating buying it i was also contemplating far cry but I don't know. I just like, I remember having friends really into that style game, but I just, to me, I don't know, I don't play games with enough people to really justify buying a game just for that co-op experience, which I have heard is really good.
0: Well, it looks like it's something that a lot of people are interested in. It's gotten solid reviews, like I said. The only thing is, you gotta go ahead and just, the, the card system is a thing that, to me, again, for me, with a game like that, it's all about pace, and if you don't keep that Frantic pace, it just you you know you're just like it's like a switch you got to turn off and turn on and turn off so you can go ahead and deal with the cards here while in between levels and see which you want cards you can use so that will help your powers that will help your abilities that will help your your whole team as a whole and I get that and I'm, I'm just thankful that that you know i mean there's there's a lot of people out there that really like that because they'll be able to go ahead and customize it for their team depending on the level what's coming up as far as the type of environment that they're going to face i just for me sometimes i just like to like you said with fast nine just like to shut off your brain and just go ahead and shoot zombies and kill zombies and sometimes with a game yeah. like that it's just the less done the better but I'm still going to give Back for Blood a try because of the fact that it does look a lot better than what I even saw in the beta. So, man, I I'm think I'm going to give it a try. I'm just saying with me, it's just that it's all about the pace on a game like that.
1: Right, and and usually zombie games have a pretty fast pace to them. You yeah, know, it's not really... but
0: when you finish a level, you have to go into a screen, you go ahead, whatever cards you collected and utilize the ability. Just yeah. you take a couple minutes to do it, it Just seems like it takes you out of the environment a little bit too much
1: no, I got you i I don't like card games. I've never been a big fan of them. It does slow the game down significantly If you want a card game, play a card game like there's a lot of good card games out there's heartstone there's Gwent, I think is one but yeah, that's always the been witcher that's been a good one since the witcher yeah if you like if you like those games and play those games there's no need to throw it into an action game because, like you said, it's going to pool. People out of it I know they have that with some of the mobile Final Fantasy games have the card feature on them too and it's not just it's just not fun
0: but again I'll, fun. I'm going to give it a shot eventually and see what I can do to enjoy it because it will hopefully scratch that itch for me in regards to Left for Dead and I still want a Left for Dead 3 personally but that's that's another story for another day and another rant for another day but it is like back a, for fun
1: like Half-Life 3, like those yeah. games are so like beloved. They Well just can't
0: get to three. They just can't get to three. Right. I wonder if they have like a first to second, then it goes immediately to a fourth floor because they just can't get to three. But need I digress. <laughs> what are your thoughts up there on Back for Blood? Please share us your thoughts. Have you spent any time with a zombie killing game and the co-op? Do you like the card variation that helps customize your character and gives you a whole bunch of benefits and things for yourself and for your team? Let us know your thoughts on Back for Blood, Pop Culture Cosmos, at Yahoo.com. Well, before we hit the break, two last items I want to hit you up with, and one is the future of Spider-Man after No Way Home, because recently, during interviews, Tom Holland indicated that the future of Spider-Man will be much different. The Spider-Man, as you know it, will no longer exist after No Way Home.
1: I absolutely don't think they're going to be removing... Tom Holland spider-man i just think it was the
0: way it was worded panicked a lot of people
1: yeah yeah he did kind of i think what he meant was that this is the end of this like happy campy version of spider-man that we saw you know they had his high school version this like coming of age peter i think that that's what he meant like that chapter is coming to a close moving forward i think we're going to start hitting those more tragic aspects of spider-man because even if you look in the comic books like he had to choose between saving mary jane by having her completely forget him or losing everything that he loves he's notoriously had to make these choices throughout the course of the comic books and this is why spider-man's such a tragic character so i think moving forward he's going to be dealing with those tragedies and that's when we're going to start seeing probably sony do like their more like darker take on spider-man so i don't think spider-man's gone i think we're just going to be getting a different toned spider-man from this point forward and yeah absolutely there's going to be spider-man will be making an appearance in the next avengers because they marvel and sony stand to make way too much money to not do something like that
0: well before we hit the break my friend real quick secession season three is here and let the dirty words fly because everybody loves that show and obviously it's not meant for the kids it's a very mature show and about power about backstabbing about all that good stuff that happens in the corporate world not at the pop culture cosmos corporate world but mind you but still happens out there in the corporate world but it is something that a lot of people love to talk about when that show is on the air i want to hear your thoughts my friend on secession season three
1: yeah just so everyone knows that's not necessarily true about the pop culture cosmos world Gerald sends me text messages at least twice a week that says A2 Brutus, and I'm always, like, wondering when a knife's going to be driven into my spine. (laughs) Just kidding. So why is it, you think, though, from a psychological standpoint, that people love shows about other people getting stabbed in the back? Not literally, but, like, metaphorically, you know, like they like people do in the real world. Why is it people are so attracted to things like that? Why can't we watch a show that has a really good story, but everybody just gets along. Do you think that that could be something that could be made, ever?
0: It's the car crash mentality, my friend. I mean, people love other people's misery. In this case, it's just about the intrigue and the backstabbing and the backdoor politics and all that. It just seems to be something that when in season three hits, you know it's going to be the talk of social media out there.
1: Yeah, I'll have to watch this because now I'm, I'm intrigued and I want to know more about this, but will I ever get a chance to sit down and watch it? I don't know, but it sounds like a show that people would enjoy, especially like looking at how game of Thrones was kind of full of similar themes, but it seems to be HBO's calling card are shows like that have that type of drama and people want to return to time and time again. So yeah, I'll have to give it a watch, man. I we'll have to chat. I we'll have to break it down a little bit.
0: Absolutely. Hopefully we can keep the dirty words aside though. You know, it's not good for a family friendly show. Yeah,
1: none of those dirty potty words.
0: What are your thoughts up there on Secession Season 3? We know you're going to check it out, so we want to hear your thoughts on all the juicy details behind Secession Season 3. Share your thoughts, Cosmos at Yahoo.com. We're coming up after the break. It's the back half of the show, and on that back half, we are devoting plenty of time to talk DC's fandom because there is much discussed. There was much shown off. and I'm sure Josh and I have a lot of opinions coming up, and we'll be telling you a lot of what went on at DC's FanDome. Plus, we reminisce on FAO Schwartz. Toy places, toy stories, toy memories that we remember. We're going to go ahead and talk about FAO Schwartz coming up at the back end of the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you want to see... The coolest action figure collections out there the stuff that you played with as a kid hear from industry insiders that made the toys that really truly defined who we are and you gotta check out season one of action figure adventure check out action figure adventure now exclusively at big bad toy store and you'll get 10 episodes of awesome action figure fun i guarantee if you grew up playing toys you will love action figure adventure and we're back with the show. It's the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Josh Peterson, along with me, Gerald Glassford. How you doing? Hope all is well. Thank you so much, and big shout out to everyone out there that listens to our show, either on a podcast version or on the numerous radio stations that we have, over 50 wide around the world. We cannot thank you enough for listening. And also, all your radio stations, we've got much love for you for playing our shows. Please go ahead and check out for the latest news and information. That's Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, where you will also see many of our RPG streams because we're the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. Plus, I have great interviews and more in the video section that's always there for you to watch right there at Pop Culture Cosmos. But, my friend, the big news wasn't the IATSE strike. Thank goodness, it was DC's fandom a lot of stuff announced dc pulled out some big guns had a lot of stars and celebrities there to talk about their projects we're going to start with a flashpoint trailer i know obviously everybody wants to hear about batman and whatnot but did you see the flashpoint behind the scenes a little bit of snippet and did you get a chance to see
1: that I looked for a video, but I couldn't find one. I just saw the, the photos of him and all the different flashes and him looking at. Ezra. Oh,
0: okay, if you get a chance, check it out because it's on the Pop Culture Gospels Facebook page. You can It'll ramp you right to it. But it's Ezra Miller, how he is uh, teasing this, and he actually shows you some footage. But not much because it's still in production, but they did show off some of it. It's just so funny because Ezra Miller just looked like he just was partying all night. And he just came out there and he looked like he was so thrilled. And I say that in quotes about being there to go ahead introduce that to everyone out there. But,
1: was he really? Did he look like he was excited though? I mean or he was, was it, not he
0: excited was... about the He was he was uh... reading the way his excitement and enthusiasm from reading from the teleprompter was you know, it just exuded. It just exuded from there. And I'm being totally yeah. facetious when I say that, but it is flashpoint. The snippets that they showed to us does look good and they did show the back of i'm assuming it was probably Mike Keen. it tantalizes you on what could be with flashpoint ezra miller though it's just so funny because just like i said as he's talking about this yeah he just did not look like he was he was having fun there but the pictures that you saw i mean is this something that's really going to start interesting you as as you find out more about it
1: yeah i'm actually i've been interested in this movie ever since they first started talking about it like i i don't know if you've ever read the flashpoint comic books I really like that story. I mean, and it, it's a perfect chance for the DCU to kind of rewrite itself. I'm sure a lot of people wonder, like, what if I could have just, like, one more day with this person? Or what if I could go back in time and save this person from their untimely end by preventing something they did? And that's a thought everybody has, but this kind of shows the consequences and, like, this this whole thing where Barry has to learn that be, just because he can do something – it doesn't mean that he should because changing one thing has just drastic repercussions all across the DC timeline. I've been really interested in this from the start and Ezra Miller, he's always kind of like wanting to stand out and and he's a weird dude, you know, especially after his controversies and all that. But I think the flash is a part that he does have a good time playing, I think helps him kind of shine in that role a little bit more. Do you think that they will use this opportunity to rebuild the DC universe? Because I'm looking at the trailer for the Batman. Like I would gladly watch Robert Pattinson replace Ben Affleck as Batman.
0: Well, that's something I I talked to Melinda about, about how this movie is got a lot of heavy lifting and it's supposed to go ahead and reshape the DC timeline, whatever that may be, or multiverse or whatever they're doing going forward and supposed to help streamline it into Something more consistent and something more you know, palatable that people can understand. I mean, they had that whole Justice League arc that they were trying to do, and of course, the failure of Justice League originally. Not uh, talking about you know Zack Snyder's Justice League, but I'm talking about the original Justice League that came out. Uh, its failure ultimately caused everything to just like break apart even more. And this movie is supposed to fix all that, I believe, from what I'm understanding, is supposed to fix all those inconsistencies in these DC timelines so that you can create a story where, hey, you've got all this stuff going on in different timelines and different universes, et cetera, et cetera, but it will all coalesce because of this movie. So it has a lot of heavy lifting, supposedly, but I'm I'm curious for that fact. I'm really intrigued and really interested in the movie just for that specifics. Even though there's so much of the Justice League concept, I would have actually loved for them to continue with, well, but ultimately may never see.
1: Yeah, and that's that's something I did want to talk about because I I would hate absolutely hate to see them undo anything that might lead to another team up of of Jason Momoa and Gal Gadot and Ezra Miller and I guess even Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill. Like I loved seeing them team up with each other. Justice League. The I agree ju- with you, but it
0: just the ultimate the, the the project that they were on didn't quite meet up the to the expectations. But I loved still the concept yeah. of the Justice League.
1: Oh, absolutely. We've read all this stuff, though. There is going to be another Justice League movie at some point. They just I hope don't so. know when it's going to hit. I guess the big question here is like. If Ezra Miller movie re- rekindles everything, like, are we still going to have Henry Cavill as Superman? Or are we going to have whoever's playing the new take on Superman? Are we going to have Robert Pattinson's Batman? Or are we going to have Ben Affleck's Batman or even Michael Keaton's Batman? Like, what is that new Justice League going to look like? And also, do you think that they they wish they could have, like, incorporated Christopher Reeves version of Superman into this multiverse somehow?
0: I would definitely think so that they would have enjoyed that aspect but unfortunately that's, you know, extremely difficult to do now.
1: Well, cuz I know Brandon Roth played the continuation of Christopher Reeves as Superman. So, I don't know. I mean, a lot of possibilities here, but what I do enjoy about this concept is it makes everything you've watched up until this point not feel like a waste of time. You know, I just I'm I'm wondering if at some point we're going to get an incorporation of the Joel Schumacher and Tim Burton. No, we are getting the Tim Burton one with Michael yes, Keaton.
0: That's correct.
1: I guess those the Joel Schumacher. You are not. Movies.
0: You're not going to get George Clooney because he cannot. No, stand no, his, no. But I mean, I, His Batman.
1: Yeah, but I know that those movie, the Schumacher films, are a continuation of the original, like Keaton version of Batman. Watching the the footage or whatever, like, yeah, it does look absolutely amazing. But I also like love that it's making all the other things in this in the dc universe that hasn't been connected feel like it's worth watching
0: it does have a lot of heavy lifting to do and whether or not it's going to be able to do it we'll see but i hope like you said it doesn't make all the past seven ten years of watching dc movies worthless that's what i'm worried about because right now with marvel okay even in this new phase I still don't feel like I wasted my time watching the original Iron Man or watching any part of the previous MCU. I still don't feel like I wasted my time because they have callbacks and remembrances to those periods of time. Even in Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings, they called back to what was going on with the original Iron Man. They've gone back as far as in previous films to other parts of the MCU. So I feel that you're always feel like you were rewarded for watching those previous movies I'm hoping that with the Flashpoint movie that it will correct everything that it needs to correct, but it won't punish you for what you saw before.
1: I agree, and I think that this is kind of a good chance for them to do that.
0: Well, the Batman uh, is something that I know a lot of people are, are talking about at length in regards to Robert Pattinson's new movie that's coming out next year. It's going to be coming out, I think, in March, if I'm not mistaken. And that is the Batman, of course. And it's just so funny because you wanted him to say, I'm Batman. Instead, he says, I'm vengeance. So it's a period where it's early on in Batman's career. It's not a Batman origin story per se. It is an origin story for some of the other characters in there, like the Penguin, the Riddler, Catwoman. But it's an early stage period still for Robert Pattinson's Batman. What are your thoughts on the Batman trailer that came out it looked pretty good i was impressed by it i i think it's something that i'm still going to be able to check out i'm i'm a little bit more excited about it now than i was maybe a, a two three days ago so i want to hear your thoughts on the batman if this is something that again will reinvigorate all those batman fans
1: yeah i don't know i wasn't too interested in it either until i saw this trailer and it, it this seems like a more uh, palpable version of frank miller's Batman. Batman in this one truly seems dark and angry and this doesn't seem like it's going to be a kid friendly Batman like this is going to be something that's more adult oriented and And still
0: very dark
1: and still very dark and that interests me I was actually kind of excited to see Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman like that was not something I didn't even know she was playing that part so That's cool. And I'm curious how Penguin ties into all this. Like seeing Colin Farrell in that role is pretty cool. And Riddler and seeing Andy Serkis playing Alfred. That was interesting too.
0: Obviously, when you go through and you see Carmine Falcone, the Riddler, the Penguin, Catwoman, you see all these familiar characters with new actors playing the roles. and And even Andy Serkis playing Alfred. So you get a glimpse of him in there. So you get to see all these different characters in this new revisiting of the Batman story, and the thing is, though, we're not going to see an origin story from, which I think was a good move because I think we're tired as a collective of seeing the origin story of Batman again and again. It gets and
1: rebooted, again. like yeah. the same thing with like Spider-Man, right? Like it just everything gets rebooted, so much and well, it I looks think like that the, this
0: well, with the batman it looks like it's just like this not the start of the reboot but like you're in chapter two or three
1: everyone knows the origins of batman there's no need to reiterate it so i think that this we're kind of like picking up further into batman's career and i think that that is a good move you know i, I granted batman begins in it really dwells on the death of his parents you know that was just like the opening scene and it was less than three minutes so that was fine but yeah, I just like, I don't think we need to see that because anyone who's a fan of Batman already knows what happened
0: to his parents. What are your thoughts out there on the new Batman? And Flashpoint, here's your thoughts. Cosmos at com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, there's still much more to talk about when it comes to DC Fando, my friend, that happened this past weekend, Black Adam. Dwayne Johnson was very happy and excited to go ahead and showcase what was going on there, much more so than Ezra Miller was on the Flashpoint, I'll just say that. But he showed off some footage from Black Adam. I think that Black Adam is going to be something that might really get a lot of momentum behind it. I think a a lot of people are going to be interested when it comes out, I think, in July of next year. I think it will give a boost to Shazam because they're all related and connected, and eventually it's going to lead to a Shazam versus Black Adam-type fight. So I really, not in this specific movie, per se, but eventually down the road, I really think that Black Adam will do well enough to the point where it's going to give shazam a boost as well
1: yeah yeah and this is something the rock's been talking about for a long time and i know they finally like officially confirmed the rock's role as black adam this time around and just seen like the quick snippet teaser that they showed like it looks cool he does look cool and this movie you know with the incorporation of dr fate and the justice society of america like i am excited for this movie like, I hope it stays true to, like, the dark origins of this character and doesn't try to make it into something campy.
0: I agree, because Shazam worked as a quirky kind of comedy-type deal and with a little bit yeah. of sensationalism, and I think that it will be on the more serious side of that, but it will still be a lot lighter with Black Adam and also Shazam than something that we're seeing from, let's say, like, The Batman. I really think if you told me which one is going to be a little bit more heavy, I would say probably it's going to be the Batman. But I think Black Adam and Shazam, because of the fact that they will be on screen facing against each other at some point in time, because they're natural rivals, it's going to stay a little bit light, at least on that end.
1: Yeah, and I'm curious, like when they do finally meet up, like, are they going to be fighting each other or is it going to be like a Batman versus Superman thing where they eventually team up on something else? same thing with like spider-man and venom nobody wants to see a good guy turn into a bad guy like i don't think people are going to want to watch the rock become the villain of a of a shazam movie or people who like shazam see him become the villain of a rock movie i think that there's going to be a confrontation but i don't think that they're going to like be opposites of each other
0: well i think it's something that we're going to keep a close eye on because black adam to me i think it's really got the chances to be a big hit for dc And on top of that, it's going to feed into what we're going to be seeing with Shazam, Fury of the Gods. So I'm really excited to see what's going to happen with both these films. I was surprised at Shazam, the original one, underperforming at the box office. But they really have a lot of confidence in those characters, especially Zachary Levi as Shazam. So they're going to continue rolling on with it. And I'm actually kind of glad that they did because I found Shazam, the first one, really to be quite entertaining.
1: Oh, yeah, I liked it, too. I mean, the villain was really stale. In the same way I saw Wonder Woman, you know, the, the the that last fight being something that was kind of not too exciting, but I think because the characters were so entertaining that that didn't really matter to me that much.
0: What are your thoughts out there on Shazam and Black Adam? Shazam, the next movie that's come out, Shazam 2 will be Shazam, The Fury of the Gods, and, of course, Black Adam. That's coming out next year. Looking forward to seeing... Dwayne Johnson putting on the tights and seeing what kind of damage he can do as Black Adam. What are your thoughts out there on both those movies? Share your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. A couple last notes on the movie end, and one is Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, which is supposed to be a little bit of a darker, more mature tone. I'm not sure about that one, my friend. I think that should always stay kind of light because the first one made over a billion dollars. And sometimes when you have something like that, if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. I don't think it's
1: going to be a darker film than what the original Aquaman was. I think darker, they mean dark in terms of like thematic materials. I don't think like the actual tone of the character himself. Because I don't think Jason Momoa, especially in the role of Aquaman, has the ability, the brood. If you look at the photos, the stills from the movie, like it looks like it's more of like an adventure slash creature feature it's got monster movie vibes to it for sure if you see some of the little four-legged creatures that they come across and some of the creatures just the creatures in general a lot of monster looking things in this so i think that that's what they're talking about There's i think there's less human interaction and there's more adventure type stuff in
0: it one last movie to talk about and that was with patty jenkins director of the previous two wonder woman films at dc fandom confirming that there will be a Wonder Woman 3. And not only will Gal Gadot come back, but also Linda Carter, who had a little bit of a snippet of a scene at the very end yeah, in the yeah. after credit scene. She'll be coming back. The original Wonder Woman. So your thoughts on Wonder Woman 3. Yes, I know Wonder Woman 84 wasn't the greatest movie in the world. It did do well for HBO Max as far as bringing people initially into that streaming service. But I want to hear your thoughts on a Wonder Woman 3.
1: I don't really have a lot of thoughts. I'll watch it, but after Wonder Woman 2, I wasn't, I kind of like didn't really feel like I wanted more of that character, I guess. So definitely will watch it, but I don't know where my interest level is as far as that's concerned.
0: That's the one thing I want to say is when you have a movie that doesn't perform on a level that it should, in fact, my daughter and my wife. Know, noted to me that they were so excited to see Wonder Woman 1984, and then now, months later, they can barely remember aspects of it. Yeah. You know, it, just, it seems like it was kind of like a letdown in, in many ways from the original first film. When it comes to Wonder Woman 3, it's a series that's been a success for the most part at the box office, or in this case, for the last one, HBO Max. So we'll see what happens there. But the movie slate for DC is pretty good. The thing is, can they tie it all together, and can Flashpoint be the thing that ties it all together, and will it eventually lead to another retry at the Justice League? That, I think, is the ultimate questions I have as DC FanDome ended.
1: I still want to see more with Henry Cavill, Batfleck I can do without, but there's definitely some stuff that is worth getting excited over. And then I'm kind of like the
0: opposite. I'm like, I would like to see more Batfleck, but I'm like, meh. With Henry Cavill.
1: I just think that much like Anakin Skywalker, you know, uh, what, what's his name? The. the Hayden uh, Christensen? Hayden Christensen. I think much like his role in Anakin Skywalker, I don't think he's been handed things that really let him. Sh- he wasn't handed a script that really let him shine. I think Cavill still has more to pull from that role.
0: But the last two things I want to cover on are video game related, as we should always cover right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Want to hear your thoughts on this? I am not excited after seeing either of the two games, the footage that they have, Gotham Knights, and also Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. I saw them, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, that's nice, that's interesting to a point, but after the, I don't know, I guess I'll say it, the failure of the Avengers video game that came out last year and all the problems that came with it, And the fact is, I just am not excited for Guardians of the Galaxy, which, you know, is supposed to be, you know, this big thing that Square Enix has brought out upon it that's that's supposed to be the standalone game. I'm not excited for that. And I think the Avengers killed my, I don't know, my, my, just my energy for any of these superhero video games. Outside of Spider-Man, of course, Spider-Man has done, that's really done well.
1: Yeah, well, okay, so uh, Avengers just popped up on Games Pass, so I actually downloaded that. I haven't played it yet, but I kind of want to, like, be more a part of that conversation, like, seeing, like, oh, what failed with this game and what succeeded, so I'm going to sit down and play that at some point over the next few weeks, but, you know, as far as the DC stuff goes, I think the, the what killed it for me was, like, the pushback on everything, like, all, not pushback, but, like, the dates being moved and... You know, just seeing, seeing, like, I don't really have an interest in a Suicide Squad game. I don't know. I don't really like. Uh, the, the the characters are funny, I guess, but like, I don't, I don't know how interested I am in playing a game with them. The Gotham Knights one looked cool because I, you know, I, I enjoyed the Rocksteady Batman series, and I guess I'm kind of hoping that this is kind of like that. But now knowing that Rocksteady's not doing those Batman games, I just, I don't know how I feel about it
0: you and i both my friend again to me it's just something i just i need the fire back and maybe one of these games will do it in regards to superhero video games but after the avengers i kind of like eh, just like it's i can you know take it or leave it yeah we'll see what happens with the kind of success from both those games when they come out and we'll report on here at the pop culture consoles but we want to hear your thoughts overall on dc's fandom did you enjoy the experience? Did you get a chance to check it out? Are you excited for all these projects that are coming in the future for DC? Please share us your thoughts. Peacemaker with John Cena coming out in January. That's a definite watch for me, because I, I, I think he's going to kill it as Peacemaker in that series. So He was already good in, in Suicide Squad, so I'm looking forward to that. But I want to hear your thoughts out there on DC's fandom. Please share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com my friend, it's been a great episode, but before we head on out, I was walking along the Caesars Form Shops today here in Las Vegas, and it just takes me back when I walked by the big, tall H&M store that's there, the three-story H&M store that is now there that was once a FAO Schwartz with a big, huge toy horse right there in in front. It was just something to behold, and you would go there, and you take the kids. I remember taking the kids, and they were very little. They have no memories of it, but just wave after wave floor after floor of toys and games and just a lot of fun when you went there just to look and see and it's a kind of experience as a kid you would just not forget for the rest of your life and i just to see it go away and i know we would talk about on your series of stores and experiences from the toy realm that are no longer available or not available in a large volume FAO Schwartz now is mainly just the base store that's in Manhattan after they closed several stores and because they were they were based in a lot of places but unfortunately you know times have dictated the finances of the world as is they had them close the stores some time back but just the memories I have of that I want to hear your thoughts on a, a store like that just that huge concept of a toy store being that big that large that vast will that ever happen again
1: I hope so. I mean, you see a lot of these like secondhand stores popping up that sell toys, but it's a lot of things that have been scalped from Walmarts and Targets and even online. Like, I'll tell you what, like, you ever want to see some like a real hive of a uh, villain and scummery? What are they saying? Star Wars, a real Moz Eisley's a real hive of uh, villains, a villains, skullduggery, and skullduggery. Yeah. You go into offer up and put in action figures, and you'll find everyone that like scalp things from Target and Walmart and are selling them at like double the price. And that's a lot of the operations you see, though, even like going into toy stores and malls that are unaffiliated with anything. They're just selling toys at prices that nobody can really afford unless you have exuberant amounts of money. So that being said, I do miss these toy stores, man. Like FAO Schwartz, I never actually got to go into one, but I know that during Christmas, Target sells stuff from FAO Schwartz. Like you go in, at least the one out here does. Like they have stuff in the center aisles and it's like games and things that they put together. And I actually my wife did some tax work for the guy that did their graphic design. So small world. But yeah, I don't know, man. Like I would have loved to have that experience. You know, even going, like I remember in Home Alone, the movie, you know, when he walks into that two-story toy store and just uh, just that magic. There's something about going into a store that's designed specifically and only to sell toys. There's something magical about that that I don't feel like kids will ever have the opportunity to experience ever again, you know, especially with the advent of of online sales and scalping and secondhand sales, eBay and all that. I would absolutely love for like a legitimate toy store to pop up again. I know there's been talks of like Toys R Us and stuff reopening, but you know, I would have loved to experience FAO Schwartz. You know, just a, a three story toy store. Like that's that's a place where kids can just get lost and like their imagin not, you know, lost to the toys, not physically lost, but like letting their imaginations run wild. There's no greater experience than, you know, I remember being a kid and walking into like KB Toys, my grandma would hand me fifteen dollars and say, go pick out anything you want to that's $15 or under. And that was the greatest thing in the world for me, just having all of those toys to choose from. So I miss those days, man. I miss them. And I would have loved to experience FAO Schwartz. I would actually, I want to make it down to New York at some point to visit this store. It's in Rockefeller. And I know there's one in Jamaica, New York as well.
0: Well, let's hope that you'll get that opportunity. I will hopefully get that opportunity as well, but I have fond memories of, the FAO Schwartz here in Las Vegas, which closed over a decade ago, and I'm still sad to this day, and every time I walk the Forum shops in Caesars, I do have that memory come back, and I wish my kids now growing up could get a better understanding and a better appreciation for it, because they were so small when they got a chance to go ahead and check it out. If you have memories of a favorite toy store gone by, please share us your thoughts as we go ahead on our weeks here at the Pop Culture Cosmos and reminisce on some of the Great parts of toy stores and toy memories. We're going to go ahead and do that on the upcoming episodes. But please, if you have any thoughts on FAO Schwartz, please let us know, or any toy memories that you want to share. Please let us know. Popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough, as always, for joining me on this wonderful program. Stay tuned later this week as Melinda Barkhouse and I will cover the latest news and trends in pop culture once again on the PCC Multiverse. But any last thoughts on the way out?
1: None that I can think of. Just so you guys know, we're going to be doing more toy store segments moving forward. We're going to hit some of the big ones here soon. But yeah, we was just talking about memories. And, you know, eventually we're going to be talking about, like, where's the best place to get toys in 2021, you know, coming up on 2022 here. So things have changed, but. I do miss the old days.
0: And that is something important that we do discuss that because people are going to have to look because of supply issues and because Mm -hmm. of what's going on. Black Friday supposedly has already started, so people need to go ahead and be aware. And here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, in the upcoming weeks, we will go ahead and dedicate a segment of an episode to exactly what are the best ways we found to go ahead and get the toys and gifts that you need to get for your family this holiday season. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great. To Dr. Geek's laboratory. Dr. Geek here with another reminder that the ESO network is pro science and pro vaccine. We urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti science misinformation campaign. Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today. The 42Cast is turning 100, but like all good things, it must come to an end. Tune in to our epic finale as we see who lives, who dies, and who gets their own spinoff. And then come back when the 42Cast is back for Season 2! With even more segments, more guests, and more of explaining why Ryan is wrong. It's why we're still the ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. You can only find all this awesome by downloading the 42Cast. A proud member of the ESO Network. You're listening to a Weebie Geeks Network podcast.
1: This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the T Public store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network. Your station for all things geek.
0: Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard.
1: TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.